Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, star of the U.S. Postal Service, Francel Evans. What up? Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell, man? Gonna post on- Fran, what is going on on the front lines your, your boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. You give me the inside scoop. Are people fuming in the streets when you're delivering this mail? Are they upset? What is? Tell me what's going on on the ground. What are you? What are you? What are you asking specifically? Well, I mean, people aren't getting their mail. They yeah. need somebody to blame. There's a lot of <laughs> shit going <laughs> on. They're saying post mailboxes are just being taken off the streets. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. I've heard about the the mail blue boxes being taken off the street. Uh-huh. I don't know. They don't. They don't tell you shit stuff like that. Stuff that's higher up like that really yeah. don't come down that's at That's above your pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. They wouldn't, they wouldn't. So you're not feeling like any tension in the streets? No, I mean, some people are not getting their mail, but that's outside of my route. So you that haven't I experienced hear. that yet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If and when you do, let us know. Okay. Because we, we condemn that type of behavior. You cannot blame the people on the streets. Yeah. The, 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 the post worker, postal workers on the streets for those kind of upper level issues. Yeah. And I don't want, but they, those are the people who they, they see, like we said last week. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that's not happening to you. Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, cause we can strap up and it can go that way. Yeah. I mean, you can, you hear people talk and go like, you do, cause when you do overtime, you do overtime on another route. Uh-huh. So if I'm doing overtime on another route, that's a route that's either open. So it hasn't been gone out. Right. Um, so it's like you, you do it and people go up, haven't got mail for, haven't got mail today yeah. or whatever. So it's like. I just keep on like, going. As you can see, you've never seen me, me, me yeah. before. Yeah, I was like, so. I don't know. I'm not your regular guy, so I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I'm do. I. I do what I'm told. Yeah. So and then it's like, but you hear that these machines are being taken, like hundreds of machines yeah, 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 from yeah. the plant or whatever are being taken. Yeah, I think it's so officially like, looking like the fix is in. Yeah. Um, I want to use my platform to continue to spread the notion that we need to be prepared for to not have a president on November eighth. They're not going to be finished counting these ballots night of the election. It's mm. just not looking that way. This virus is going down. Donald Trump's brother just died <laughs> this weekend. Oh, really? Apparently of the coronavirus. Mm. People are 
dropping left and right, and I wouldn't want my grandparents getting in line at an elementary school yeah. to go and vote. So if they can mail in their vote, that seems to be the best option with the times that we're dealing with. And that shouldn't be being condemned by the president and saying we won't have a president for a year because they're going to take forever to count the votes. Damn. It won't be he's saying that. Okay. He speaks in hyperbole and, and fake lies. Mm-hmm. But it, it's possible it could take three days. Yeah, It could take a week. It could take two weeks to count all the votes from, you know, the mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we need to continue to spread that reality and possibility so that people aren't don't fall for the fix on the night of where he's like, well, I'm a, I'm ahead right now. So I won every, all the others, all those are fake votes. Yeah. Cause that's what, what the spin will be. And then he'll just steal the house. It's the, it's election night. I'm ahead. I won. So it's over now. Yeah. You know, so I need, we need to prepare people to be ready to go. Okay. Well, we'll, you know, tomorrow they're gonna Mm -hmm. keep counting votes they're gonna keep counting votes until next week and then we'll know yeah you know and we can't so we can't fall for that that trickery um in other news um i feel like we both should give a thank you to all the listeners who reached out to us there was an explosion in baltimore last week Mm -hmm. in northwest baltimore um i have no family in those parts do you have any family no i'm from east baltimore so i don't have any family in those parts but friend of the podcast les green his aunt does live on that block mm-hmm. or in that vicinity. Mm-hmm. And he said her door got blown off of her house. Ain't. Now, obviously, that pales in comparison to these three houses exploding. It mm-hmm. really is. It really is one of the craziest things I've seen. Obviously, that Beirut explosion was nuts. Yeah. Um, but it is. It, it's a little mini version of that. I mean, um, also front of the podcast, JJ, he does claims adjustments and he had he went like a block North, a block south of that, of the epicenter of that, and people's mm. windows were broken and cracked and all this mm. kind of stuff. So there was this, it had a shockwave. Yeah. Um, Baltimore Gas and Electric got, has gone out and said it wasn't us, which is, of, of course, what they will say. Um, I want to keep, I want to let people know that this, this neighborhood is a predominantly black neighborhood. Um, so I'm going to keep my eye on this situation and keep it in the, in the conversation as much as I can on this platform because they're already trying to insinuate that it was user error. So and, it wasn't um, gas like leakage or nothing like that. That's what, well, it wasn't, they're saying it wasn't from the ground or yeah. from our pipes. It must've been a improperly installed stove. Mm. I don't see That's an crazy. improperly installed stove blowing up three houses to smithereens. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's foul play. I'm just saying I'm waiting for the answer. And I don't think the answer being, Oh, they got a new stove six months ago and he didn't put the line all the way in the house, all the way in the stove. And so that leaked for six months and then he it blew up three houses. I don't think that would suffice. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would know if my kitchen smelled like gas. Yeah. I you do know? not smell gas. Yeah. And it, it, again, it wasn't, it was so sudden. No fire, no, no, like, burned out buildings, mm-hmm. they're all gone. So something feels strange, and I don't want this to be a story that gets covered up. They pay these people off a, you know, a percentage of what they could get if they band together and did a, a class action lawsuit, because mm-hmm. two people died, man. I want to say rest in peace 
to Joseph Graham. He was a he was a 20 year old student at Morgan State University. Mm. And rest in peace to 61 year old Lonnie Harriet. Um, these two people were just in their house. As far was as it that know. house or was one of the ones next to it, you know? Well, Joseph Graham was in the house that exploded. Okay. Um, and I think so was Lonnie Harriet. I could be wrong, but I believe so. But whatever, man. Prayers to, the, to those people. I want to commend all the people. They went to the Applebee's nearby the house and dropped off a bunch of boxes of clothes. They dropped off so many clothes that they stopped taking donations. Mm. Um, and I, I want to continue to try to, if I find any GoFundMes or anything like that, I'll share them on our socials because these people need help. It's, it's a pandemic going on right now, and people don't have a house now. Yeah. Like, they have nowhere to stay. So um, that's very serious. If those people need their house rebuilt or they need to be rehomed somewhere else it really is incredible i mean if you've ever been to uh the eastern coast of the country like philadelphia baltimore new york i guess kind of as well a lot of row homes yeah i'll be shocked if they rebuild those houses. yeah it, i mean it there's just a gap there yeah, it's, a gap. it's yeah. insane i mean there's nothing there no frame no porch it's yeah. just leveled concrete and they had to try to dig people out from it it's it really is insane and it really is sad and I'm glad nobody from my family was hurt, and I'm glad nobody from your family yeah. was hurt, but somebody's family was hurt, and that's a tragedy. And um, again, thank you to all the listeners who reached out. It's, I think it's funny where it's like, like Baltimore is small, yeah, but it's 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 big, yeah. And so people who listen to us hear Baltimore heard Baltimore, and we're like, oh my god, are they dead? Yeah. Like I, I it, there was something funny, but also endearing about that. Where it's like they they're checking in on us because they heard Baltimore and something blew up in Baltimore. But I'm like. I don't live anywhere near yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, prayers to those people, um, and um, I hope they are rehomed and situated in a time like this. It's like the worst possible time for your house to just be gone. Um, in other news, another crazy story, which I'm gonna have a crazy take for, I guess, is <clears throat> I don't know if you've been keeping up with this story. This kid, Cannon Hanant, this five year old boy, he was shot by a neighbor last week. Um just walked up to him, shot him point blank. Absolute tragedy. Little boy. What was this? Um, North Carolina. Um, the neighbor was black. Cannon is white. Mm. And so he's being used as a political prop to say, oh, you guys had all these marches and protests for... It's the same thing that happened when I, I came here and I talked about those little black kids that got shot on the 4th of July weekend. Mm -hmm. And people were saying, oh, you guys are all in an uproar about this it's ba he's basically being used to condemn protesting just like those kids were on a smaller scale because there was no racial play those kids were black but in this situation the shooter was black the little boy he's a little boy for one but he also is a little white boy oh it's it's oh, okay yeah so i thought it was the other way around so they're saying this did why isn't the news talking about this yeah. why isn't all of this happening and but in at that same time this is going viral yeah them saying nobody's talking about it is going viral so everybody's talking about it but they're all saying why is nobody talking about it but it's everybody's talking about it and their logic is why is nobody saying justice for canon yeah what i want to say is this man was arrested within 24 hours there was a manhunt he was arrested and immediately charged with first degree murder mm -hmm. and he will go to prison for first degree murder on a smaller note, but not insignificant, there was a GoFundMe for this family. It's raised at least four hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Life changing. This family lived in a trailer park. Life changing money that can't buy your son back, 
But when you talk about justice, justice is served. Yeah. This is a tragedy. If the, if you're saying, why isn't the world mourning Cannon Gannett? I fully understand that. But justice was served. Yeah. His killer was arrested. Kill it, yeah. His killer arrested. was arrested. His family has had restitution of some kind. Mm-hmm. Again, that does not bring his him back. But the family has received some kind of restitution that will help them take care of their other children. Breonna Taylor's murderers are still free at this very moment. Yeah. They have lost their job, and that is about it. And who's to say that if they're never arrested, they can't just go work at another precinct? George Floyd's killers were also fired. And his killer wasn't arrested until people had to burn down the city and protest and loot and and cause such an uproar that they had to do something. So it tells me that anybody who's sharing posts about why this is happening, why aren't we talking about this and protesting about Cannon Gannett and you protest about George Floyd, it tells me that you were watching all these protests on mute. You weren't listening to the message. And it tells me that you're probably a little bit ignorant because you're conflating two things that aren't the same. There's not an epidemic of adults shooting five-year-old kids point blank on the street. That's not happening. But I I can go down a list of people who are being brutalized, attacked, and murdered by police officers. So is they, are they calling this a hate crime? Or? Well, they're not calling it a hate crime because, his, and again, this is I believe more will be revealed in this case as well. Because his father, Austin Hanant, knew this guy. Mm. His name was Sesum. His name was Darius Sesums. The night before, Austin says he saw Darius in his car and he looked like he was in a bad place. So he had him come over and cook, grilled up some chicken and they had beers on the porch. So they had some kind of relationship. They've been neighbors for eight years. Not to be judgmental, but Austin Hanant looks like he dabbles in maybe hair, um, methamphetamines or something like that. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And he's also playing this, this, he's playing into the role of, oh, God, you know, um, you know, you know, God was with us that day. He's, he, they're very much, he's very much leaning into um, Christian words and and phrases that is like we're ho- we're we're holy people so and this was, terrible thing happened to us yeah so they were they had some type of previous relationship yes okay and it seemed to be positive yeah according to him now my crazy conspiracy theory that i've heard also floated around a little bit on the internet is that this might have been retaliation for drugs maybe maybe austin's a drug dealer maybe darius is a drug dealer and and austin owed him money now that does not, there's no thing that justifies Justify, shooting right. a child point blank range. But there's more to the story. But there's more to the story. You don't just go and yeah. shoot a kid in your right mind. If your neighbors. Maybe maybe him and Darius stayed up smoking PCP all night. And Darius is out of his mind now. Yeah. It just, you don't just go and shoot a kid at point blank range in the head with a gun. And there's no explanation. Now, a motive has not been revealed. So anything I'm saying is speculation. But I think more will be revealed. That's all I have to say. I think it's a tragedy what happened to that little boy, but there's no other justice to serve. His killer is behind bars, and that's it. That's it's, a tra- it's, a tra- it's a tragedy. Yeah. Absolutely a tragedy. And we can talk about that and mourn that, but to use this little boy's death for whataboutisms and why, are, why isn't his funeral being played on the television like George Floyd's funeral was, and why aren't people in the streets marching? Marching for what? No more... No more adults shooting kids in the face with a gun. That's not happening. 
you know, so that's all I really have to say on that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know this is a true crime podcast and we talk about crazy fucked up shit, but I, I don't like to be too heavy. We're not that podcast. We're not playing creepy music in the background while we do, do these stories. We like to have fun where we can. And it's just not been a fun year. So it's been a lot of heavy conversations and real conversations. And I like to come here and try to do what we like to do, which is be a little, you know, lighthearted, but also talk about crazy fucked up shit. But 2020 is so full of fucked up shit outside of true crime that you can't not talk about it. And it's heavy. So it's hard. It makes it harder within a true crime podcast to try to be funny because when we're not talking about true crime, I have to talk about shit like this. I have to say, yeah, this little boy getting shot in the head is absolutely tragic. Why are you using him as a political token? You know, him being him, him being shot is tragic. But to say like, well, if he was black and a white man had shot a little black boy in the head and did it, it's like maybe. But what I will say is Donald Trump has been calling the news fake. Since he got into the White House, the news has been fake long before Donald Trump got into office and the news will be fake long after Donald Trump is out of office. So I don't understand why people are shocked when the news doesn't cover things that don't fit their narrative. Yeah, that's what the news does. So why are we acting like, oh, CNN isn't covering the story of this little boy being shot by a black man because he wasn't white and it's not. It's like we all know that that's OK. That's that's what the news does. Yes, you're right. It doesn't fit the narrative. But it's not not being talked about. Yeah. They raised over $400,000 for the people are talking about this. You know, it, it, it it's being talked about all over Twitter. Whenever people share these memes of like, oh, this little boy was killed. How come nobody's talking about this? Because he's white. You're sharing it. You're talking about it. But you're talking about it in this weird lens instead of mourning this child and being, you know, mournful about him being murdered by some insane person. That's the story. That's absolutely tragic, but it doesn't have to be like, well, if he was black and why isn't the, you know, why aren't we out there protesting this? That's because it's not on the news, though. It's not hitting the audience that the news has more of a bigger audience than social media. Yes. Also, George Floyd has there was a video. Yeah. I don't want to see a video of a little boy being shot by an adult man. But if that was played on the six o'clock news, everybody would be talking about it. Yeah. You know, so. Rest in peace to Cannon Gannett, Cannon Hanant. Rest in peace to everybody involved in the Baltimore explosion. And um, I don't know, man. 2020 is just, it's a heavy year, man. Yeah. It's an incredible, it's just a heavy year, man. I, I want to say, I'm not going to say it. What? But I was going to say like, well, can't wait 2021 come. But I said that in 2019 and we're here. So I'm done saying I can't wait for X year. Yeah. Cause it just, the 2020 has traumatized me of that. Yeah. It's like, man, get this year over with. Let's get into this year. I, I don't know, man. I don't know what that year will, it could, they might try to, you know, 2021 might be like, man, hold this beer. Yeah. Dragons. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know, but um, I wanted to play a friend, a, a, a an acquaintance, me and this person, aren't the closest of friends, but I think that is important to say because um, I have friends who rap. I have friends who do all kinds of things and I get my support to them is like, Hey man, good for you, man. Keep doing that. Mm -hmm. I support you. But an acquaintance of mine, we took a trip to Tennessee a couple years ago with a group of friends and he was in that group and he's a very nice guy, but he also has made an album 
that is really good. Mm. And I'm not just saying for a friend. I'm saying outside of a friend, he made a really good album. He doesn't know I'm doing this, but my friend's name is Jimmy Sale, J-I-M-M-Y-S-A-L-E. Um, and his uh, stage name is something. Um, not, I'm not, not, I'm not, Forgetting what his stage name is, his that name, is oh, okay. His, his name is something. Oh, okay. Um, he made an uh, album called um, "Fading Out." Mm-hmm. Is the name of the album. I wanted to play a song from it. The whole thing is really good. It's like Tame Impala. It's very indie, very chill, driving music, and it just was really good. So I wanted to play it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break. This is something with what do I know? You can find him on Bandcamp. You can follow him on Instagram. Uh, Bandcamp. Well, what is that? It's like an independent music. You could put your music. It's like SoundCloud for white boys. No, oh. it's like mm. SoundCloud for people who don't rap. Mm. It's like okay. you know where bands put their music. So it's a band, or it's just him by himself. I don't know. Okay, but it's very. You'll hear it's very flushed out music. It sounds like a band, mm. but I think it might just be him on like fru- on Fruity Loops or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Pro Tools. I don't know. What to, yeah. I don't know what they use now. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> like I said, this is some, this is something. <laughs> this is this is this is something with fading out, and uh, we'll see you guys in a little bit. Welcome back. It's my turn to go first this week. Fran. Yes. I don't mean to cut you off, mm-hmm. uh, but some exciting news that I feel like we should touch on briefly. Okay. Um, we were given an incredibly uh, prestigious honor over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, we returned in the baked goods. Yeah. Um, so round of applause for us. Yep. Um, it was an incredible honor. Uh, this is this is next level shit. Mm-hmm. This is like, you know, an incredible award. 
that you can also d- consume and devour in deliciousness. Mm-hmm. Now, we did not receive these treats. Yeah. But they were made by uh, a little independent company called The Flower Girls. Mm-hmm. You can go follow them on Instagram. T-H-E-F-L-O-U-R-G-I-R-L-S underscore. Mm-hmm. They make incredible treats and all these kind of things. And I just was really honored that somebody took the time out of their day to uh, honor us that way. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and immortalize us that way. Not immortal, because somebody will eat it eventually, I, yeah. I assume. But you took a picture of it, and that immortalized yeah. it. So I want to thank you to the all the women involved over there at that company. And uh, we are eternally grateful and humbled by that yeah thank you we have some in uh incredibly talented people yes who listen to the podcast such as this group of uh, ladies here yes. that did the cookies mm-hmm. we have the yeah the cro- logo crochet, the crochet, crochet logo we that have, we have framed uh, those are painted by my fiance Sierra, Sierra, Fath, Sierra. Uh, yeah fast uh, design fast design yes to do yes. those 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 lovely i love the yeah that you're 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 quite prestigious and yeah. noble in that photo i love that it's, picture. A great, it's a great painting of you yes but um I, awesome, I, have a, I have a monocle in mine. Yeah. One eye. Classy. Mine is better, but I... Okay, well, I mean, you know, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Um, but again, if, if, I just... If you, if, you like, if, you like, if you like rotten tomatoes. Shut up. <laughs> Good one. Shout out to those people. Um, these very talented people. Yeah. It was too late now, man. You can't do that. <laughs> Terrible timing, man. Come on now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting over the coronavirus. I, my timing is no not, excuses. not back to We 100%. have no excuses. No excuses. All right, so my affirmative murder this week is about... Deborah Singh, who was sorry, Deborah, Deborah Singh. Singh. Got yeah. it. Okay, East Indian. Yes, who was a yep uh, Indian serial killer? Okay. So are De- you sure it's not Deborah? It's not. It's D- not. His name's not D A R B A R A. D A R. Yeah. B-A-R-A. Oh. Okay. Okay. Cool. Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like uh, you know biracial uh, Indian person. No. <laughs> um. I got this story off a of wiki, and by this being like this Indian type of a uh, story, you go on YouTube, Can't it's, find a lot you're of not en- going to find. And, yeah, those like, are hard ones. It's like, what does that even say? It's yeah, like, I did. A, I did know? one. I did a story for you like a while back about a kid Indian serial killer, mm-hmm. and everything was in yeah his language. Yeah, and the news reports. Exactly. And yeah, stuff. So I had to go on Reddit to find some stuff, but yeah. it was hard to find like concrete things about what happened. Yeah. Yep. So Deborah Singh is a native. Julapur Kira village of Arm Armistar District. Okay. He joined Indian Armed Forces and was posted at the Air Force Station in Patnakot. In 1975, he was accused of lobbing a hand grenade at the house of his senior office major, V.K. Sharma. Oh, wow. After having an altercation with him, the wife and teenage son of the officer were seriously injured in the attack. Singh was dismissed and arrested. However, he was acquitted after after a trial. Mm. Singh had three children. His wife expelled him from their house because of his bad habits. Like throwing grenades in people's houses. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a pretty bad habit. Yeah. In 1996, you got something else to say? No, nah, I was just Oh, okay. And <laughs> in 1996, <laughs> the boy Singh raped and attempted to murder the daughter of um, a migrant laborer in Carpathala, in 1997, he was convicted in three cases of rape and attempted murder mm. and sentenced to prison for 30 years. Okay. Um, from Carpathala, he was shifted to the Jalanda Center Jail. And then, the, this is a lot of crazy, like, these city, city yeah, names. Just, just do your best. Um, Ludhana Central Jail. That's where he was um, sent to from the, uh, the, the other central jail. Got it. 
On December 3rd, 2003, his mercy petition was accepted on the basis of his good conduct. Something we've never heard before. Yeah. And he was released from jail. By this time, he had developed a grudge against migrants, holding them responsible for wasting many years of his life. After his the, wait, the women he raped. Yeah. So I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure what you. He was raping migrant women. Yeah. And because he was in prison and lost time off of his life. Yeah. He now has a grudge against migrants. He don't like migrants. Because they took time yep. away from his life by putting him in jail yep. for raping them. Yep. He don't like migrants. He, that's, perfectly he sound, that's perfectly sound logic to me. Yep. Um. So holding them responsible. Yeah, he held them responsible for wasting many years of his mm-hmm. life. Yeah. For his crimes. <laughs> from your, it's like, that's your fault. Yeah. Um. After his release, he came to Jalhandra, where he started working in a factory in the, the leather complex area. He lived in a rented room in the the model the model house look the model house location. Mm-hmm. That's what the, just the name of it. Um, to take his revenge against the migrants, he started targeting their children. Oh, yep, that's sick. Yep. So Singh lured his victim victims with sweets, samosas, um, sugarcane juice. Um, so samosas is just a fried or baked pastry. Yeah, it's like a it's like a. Um... Yeah, you had it before. Yeah, they're like uh, the Indian version of a beef patty. Okay. The Jamaican beef patty. Yeah. So, but it can catch you off guard because it's like meat in them. But they look it, like, they look like, like uh, dessert. Oh, okay. Yeah, they almost look like a fruit pie. Does the outside look like a egg roll? Mm, in my experience, they almost look more like a... Like, Close to a, to a toaster strudel, but like handmade. So but I'm talking s- about the way it is, it's the outside, the the texture of the outside, not the shape, just like the 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 texture, the the crunchiness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like they fried. Okay, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So he did sweets, samosas, and sugarcane juice and crackers. He took them to the secluded to a secluded place where he would attack the victim. In most cases, he slit their throat oh. and attempted to rape their dead bodies. Oh, Jesus. after his arrest, he said that he raped the dead bodies so that. There would be no no shrieks of victims. He's saying I raped them so they wouldn't shriek. He said. He said that he raped the dead body so that there would be no shrieks of victims. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but okay, sir. Words are hard, so you know whatever. Yeah, and uh, you're like on trial. You're trying to get your <laughs> thoughts together. I don't know. I'm yeah. not trying to make excuses for him, but that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, after they're already dead, you. I don't. Well, they're know. dead, and you slit their throat. Yeah, they can't they, shriek. Right. Make any I don't sense. know, man. He's a he's a murderer. He's a crazy. Yeah, he's person, a child, so he's a child murderer. I'm not trying to you know, give. A, he, he's not doing a speech <laughs> for you know the Boy Scouts of America. Yeah, it's but still, it doesn't make any sense. So he preferred time. He preferred time to kidnap the children was between 10 a.m. and 12:30 p.m. Wait, what? That's all day. <laughs> no, it's not. You said 10 a.m. Yeah, and 10:30 p.m. and 12:30 p.m. Oh, okay. I thought okay. <laughs> I was like, that's all. That's the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> that's broad daylight, though. Yeah. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. Um, he said when most migrant um, laborers work. away, yep, are were away in factories. Wow. So after his arrest, he said that he was not drunk at the time of committing crimes, but afterwards celebrated almost each of the killings with liquor and good food. Celebrating killing a kid is yep. nuts. Yep. That's nuts. So during a period of seven months, twenty-three children, most of them below the age of ten, went missing from um, Kapurthala City. Of them, six were recovered by police. Dabar Singh admitted he had killed the, the other 17 victims, including 15 girls and two boys. Mm. 
He subjected many of the dead bodies to rape or sodomy. He said that he had dumped most of the bodies near a bridge on on Raya Kador Sahib Road. Singh targeted children of non-Punjabi um, migrants. He killed one Punjabi girl by mistake after his arrest and said that he'd been shaken by her death. So that that oh. one, I guess, hit him hard because, you know, he don't attack those That are Punjabi. locals. Yeah, but... Only that was only, by mistake. Only migrants. Was, yeah, that was by mistake, and he was like that. You know, that fucked him up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Can't imagine. Um, that, so that one. Yeah. So I'm gonna go over his list of victims. Um, do my best with those names. Um, so Satish, who was a male, mm-hmm. age six, was killed. Yeah. Um, Godai was a female, age ten, who was killed. Who was the sister of Satish? Oh wow. Yep. Shakur, who was male, eight years old, escaped. Um, he was abducted along with Gadai and Satish. Oh, so he was just ran- he was just wrangling kids. Yeah, this these were all on April eighteenth of two thousand four. Wow. Um, uh, Diksha Alias Tulu was a female, eight years old, mm-hmm. killed. So um, Diksha and her sister Asha were playing with their two cousins at the company at the company bar. They're there, Dabra Singh promised to buy them a shuttlecock and racket. I don't know. People still play with that? Kids, what, what, I guess. Is it, what, is, what is that? It's that, that, oh, is it's that, that badminton? Is it, yeah, it is badminton. The little ball, the ball with the bird with, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Um, um, so he promised to buy them a shuttlecock and a racket and took them to the bank of, the bank of Canal Araya. There he made Asha sit on the side of the canal. He took, he took um, Diksha behind the bushes and raped her. Mm. A frightened Asha ran away from the place while Diksha was killed. Meanwhile, when the two girls did not return for a long time, their cousins returned home and informed the family. The family searched for the girls and then registered a missing persons complaint. Later, a man named Makate Sign found Asha and Fizzlepar village um, in Taran Taran district. He gave her biscuits and medicine. This is the The the, girl that ran away. away. Yeah. And then brought her to the Kador Sahib police station. The police control room then informed the Jala the Jalanhar police station that the girl named Ashu had been found in Taran Taran. Later, the police found Diksha's dead body, I'm sorry, naked dead body laying on the on the big stone near Bahadurpur Upper Canal. Um, the postmortem conducted on April 21st revealed that she had died because of neuro neurogenic shock as a result of the injuries. Um, to private part. Mm. Um, Jesus. Yeah, so that was on April 18th as well. Um, uh, Asha, Asha Elias Ashu, who was female six, um, that's the one that escaped. Uh-huh. Yep. And then you got Jatender, who was male nine, who was killed. Ravina was a female who was four years old, and she was, she was saved. She was not killed. Okay. Patel Kamari, who was a female, they don't know the age, she was saved. Punam, who was a female, age seven, who was killed. Uh, Lakmi, who was female, age five, who was killed. Mm. Lalu, male, six years old, who was killed. Um, after his arrest, Dubar Singh led the police to the spot of um, Sha Chingi village where he dumped Lalu's naked body. Mm. Um, Natika, who was a female, who was saved. Rajash, who was a male, five years old, who was saved. So I mean, these these ages are no no 
Yeah, these are older than ten. Yeah, none of these very these young children. Yeah, and then I read about what was that about eight? Yeah, at least sound like more than eight. So that, was that about, were killed. That were, probably if you take away the ones. Yeah, that were yeah. Saved. So that was about um about ten. How many? Uh, so seventeen victims. Yeah. All all kids. These are all young kids. This is out playing. He just runs up on them and then offers them things. promises stuff and then mm-hmm. they go. They they're kids. I mean, unless there's no blame to be put no, on the kids. Yeah, especially when you're five, six years old and living like, in a. I don't I don't know the conditions of specifically where they yeah. are, but probably you know little little third worldish. Yeah, children and, of children of migrant workers. You know, and yeah. somebody saying like, "You here's a meal." Yeah, and a lot and a lot of them are like. They're related, they're siblings. Yeah. So it's like if it's two of them, he's trying to get both of them. And then maybe luckily one of them gets away because he's trying to handle the other one. Handle the other one, yeah. Yeah. Um there were some other victims that he could possibly can be connected to, but there's just there was no evidence to connect them to those. But yeah. that's how it always is when they go, Oh, it's seventeen, but it could be twenty five. Right. That it's he could be you can only prove and once you get to court, if you don't have evidence for it, you can't put it on him unless yeah. he confesses to it. Right. Yeah. Um, and then those were, they had, uh, the six that they found that he could possibly be attached to. The oldest one of that group was 13 years old, who was a, who was a male, who was a boy. Yeah. So by some, by September, 2004, a panic had spread among the local residents and the preceding four months, 14 children had been kidnapped with no ransom demands and 10 of them were still missing. The chopped arm of a child was found near Variana. And the partly decomposed body of a 10-year-old girl was found in Shaharu. The police were looking for a, a middle-aged cycle-born suspect who was probably mentally challenged. The special investigations team analyzed the killer's MO and prepared his sketch based on information gathered from different sources. On the morning of October 29, 2004, the police received information about the bicyclist who resembled the sketch and was seen with a bag of toffees. Um, Pritam Singh um, was dispatched to was dispatched to the to nab the person who turned out to be Dabur Singh. When the police part when the police party intercepted him near Bastan, Singh threw away his bicycle and tried to run away. The police apprehended them and questioned. We didn't try to get away on the bike. No, <laughs> the police apprehended him, apprehended him and questioned him. Following which he confessed his crimes. I'm putting my money on the bike before I'm putting my money on my feet, man. I'm pretty fast on a bicycle. Yeah. Um. Maybe it depends. Maybe he was like near um woods, something. And oh, so you get the bump maneuver yeah. and cut a yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I would try my bike too, and then if I got into some yeah, but that's true. If you, but if you don't have if you don't have the right setup, then you're out. You're trying to outrun a bike. I mean, yeah, I'll run cars on a road. Unless he's on like a mountain bike that's like stuck in gear that's one. Yeah, and it's oh, like, yeah, no, you're not yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this bike isn't. You're built. pedaling faster than you're going. Yeah, this bike isn't built for speed. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So he confessed to his crimes. According to the police, the boy confessed to having targeted 23 children out of out of whom he killed 17. Mm. However, the police suspected the actual number of victims could be more. Their suspicion was based on similar abductions in the. Carpathala district and recovery of two more mutilated bodies of babies in jungles of the Japur Kaira village and Amistar district. Nashu, who had escaped from his clutches on October 22nd, identified him from his pictures in newspapers. Um, Magistrate K.K. Career 
demanded him in 10 days police to, police custody. I'm guessing that was the judge. Okay. After his medical examination and court appearances, Deborah Singh led the police to places near um, the Katawali village. There, the police found bodies of two victims, Kurshid and Raku, who had been killed on October 25th. Now, those two were the two big names that come up um, later in the story. Okay. After his arrest, Deborah Singh showed no remorse, even when he had, even when he was taken to the sites where he had dumped the, the dead bodies. I mean, who? He, he did all this. There's, there's no, there's no remorse in that. Guy. Well, there was remorse when he killed somebody who was like from there. Yeah, who was a legal citizen or whatever his yeah. fucking weird, um, uh, you know, whatever, whatever things he perceived as noble. Yeah, he broke that rule and he was, he was, he was broken up about that. Yeah. But, but st- for you to to separate those two for killing all these kids and then go, I don't, I don't care about those. Yeah. But, this one that this one she grew up here. She's yeah, from, she she's grew legal. up here. Um, I have remorse for. Uh, I'm sure that didn't affect him. It say it say that he fucked him up for a little bit, but I'm sure it didn't. That's you. That's you trying to get a lighter sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, so he was taken to the site. He took them to the sites where he dumped the dead bodies. Um, he told police that he could he could have killed more children if he had not been arrested so soon. Okay, maybe he's not trying to get a lighter sentence. Yeah. <laughs> That's He's, a wild thing to say. Yeah, he said that he had no remorse for killing the children of migrant laborers. There you go. As they were, in, as they were instrumental in sending him to jail for his rapes against their parents. Yep. Cool. He also added that he targeted a Punjabi girl by mistake mm-hmm. and had and had to kill her because she could have she have she could have created problems for him. Mm. So that's that but was he, his but reason. He, but he was all broken up. Yeah. They felt really bad about doing that though. Yep. He said that he was a bit shaken by this. Mm-hmm. He contradicted himself um, by first saying, "I still think whatever I did was right, mm-hmm. and it was, it was the demand of the time." Cool. Yeah. Whatever. So you're broken up over you killing a Punjabi girl, but it was still the right. But thing it was the right thing to do at the time because it could have created problems for you. Mm-hmm. I need to continue the mission. Yeah, but I had she had to go because I had to. I got to keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then adding, I think what was done by me was wrong, and I promise that I will never do it again. Do what? Kill kids or kill the Punjabi or rape women? What was done by him? I think he means put being put in jail. Yeah, for raping women. Yeah, as he should. That was what was done to him was wrong. He feel he feels slighted by women coming forward and identifying him as a rapist. Yeah, and because of that, he decided to kill the children. Of migrants mm-hmm. because the women that he raped were migrants. Yep. That's a long stretch, man. That's a long stretch. How about just own up to your faults and be, and be the piece of shit that you are instead of blaming everybody else around you? That's a yeah. concept, you know? I just don't understand how you rape females and go, I spent 30 years of my life in jail because of you guys. It would be like, it would be like if I went to Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, robbed Irish people, Got arrested, and when I got out, I'm like, I'm gonna beat up all all the Irish kids I can find because Irish people put me in jail. Yeah, I robbed I robbed people. You know, I committed a crime and I was put in jail for it. That what's the correlation here, sir? I'm not I'm not understanding, Deborah. Don't make it. Come on, man. <laughs> you gonna call him Deborah? I will be calling him Deborah. Yes. <laughs> okay, he deserves it. I'm not saying Deborah. He deserves a bad name. more than just being called Deborah. <laughs> yeah. 
But being disrespectful, being disrespectful to his name, I think he deserves. It. Yes. Um. So after his arrest, the boy Singh was charged in eighteen cases of abduction, mm-hmm. rape, and murder. By the end of two thousand seven, he was acquitted in three of these cases due to lack of a su- sufficient evidence. Okay. On the January seven two thousand eight, Judge Singh, it's like all these, I think all the same name. It's a very common. That Singh is a very common last name. It's yeah. like Johnson. Yeah. Singh awarded him death sentence for murder for murders of Kashid and Raku in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. On January 9th, he was shifted from Jalador Jail to um, Patala Central Jail for hanging. On April 2008, Singh was tried for raping and killing eight-year-old Dishka on April 18, 2004, and her sister Asha, and her two cousins identified Singh in court. Singh counsel, Singh's counsel claimed that he had been falsely implicated and based his defense on the premise that the children were tortured witnesses. On April 25, 2008, Judge Meta of Jalandor court sentenced him to life imprisonment. On July 3rd, 2009, um, Justice Singh and Justice Chitandra of the Pun- of the Punjab and Haryana High Court reversed the sentence awarded to Deborah Singh of murders of Kershid and Raku. So, so they took two off. What do you mean? He was supposed to get he had the sent he had the light he had the hanging and he had the life imprisonment. Oh, yeah. But they oh, re- they reverse they reversed the death sentence. So they took two kids off, right? Is that what you just said? They they um, they took two of the kids off. Of yeah, yeah, for the yeah, yeah, for the Kershaw and Raku murders. Yeah. Okay. Citing insufficient evidence, the court acquitted Deborah Singh, giving benefit of the doubt. On on the on just the hanging or both? Um, I believe both of those. Wow. So the prosecution had presented Jador Pratam Singh as a witness. Pratam claimed that he had recognized the Boar Singh at the police check post. In April 29, 2004, leading to the latter's arrest, he also claimed that he had been he had seen Deborah Singh, De- Deborah Deborah Singh taking the two children away from the Basti Matu on a bicycle on October 25th. Okay. Pratam stated that he was going to he was going towards Basti Matu at the time. Once he reached Basti, he came to he came to know the two children were missing from that from that area. He then rushed to the place where he had seen the boy earlier, mm-hmm. but did not find him with the children there. So it was too. It was too late. Yeah. Um, although the, this incident happened on October twenty fifth, two thousand four, he did not report it to the police until October twenty eighth. Um, so that's three days later. This was despite the fact that he was a member of the Akala Dials Working Committee, which is like some type of political. Um, um, political party in okay. India um, and was well aware of the children abduction incident incidents happening in the area. Right. The court therefore ruled that ruled that him out as a planned witness, a planted witness. The prosecution had also presented Debora Singh's fingerprints on a liquor bottle and glass stating that these had two, these two objects had been removed from the, from the place where the dead bodies were found. In support, the prosecution and the prosecution had presented the testimonies of several policemen and the owner of the field where the bodies had the bodies had been found. The court the court pointed out that there was no mention of these objects in the inquest reports of Rashid and Raku. So, mm, so they had fingerprints and everything, but there wasn't um 
they wasn't used or they was taken from where they was they was held. It was improper evidence, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, like they they it was it was it was collected wrong or it was inserted into the case improperly. Yeah, what what do they call that? Um, it, it, it sounds like tampering. Honestly. Is that what it's called when it's like it's just, they have an edit but they can't use it for some for some yeah, reason? Yeah, it's, in, it's inadmissible. That, that's what it is. Yep. But they also they're saying this guy was a planted witness, like he wasn't really there. The guy of that political party. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sounds like a, this sounds like a flimsy case, man. But I thought you yeah. confessed. Yeah, this is crazy. He took them to one of the graves, right? Yeah, but that was he was charged for like the other. Uh, I don't know how many it was before these two. Got these it, okay. two. This is a total different. They're just still going through the uh, the twenty three. Yeah, and because I'm, them apart. I'm guessing because it was in another in another like district or area. Got it. Okay. So, um, got it. Got it. So got this it. this part focuses on the murders of um, Krishid and Raku. Okay. Yeah. So the police reclaimed. Besides, the police claimed um, they have recovered these objects on the 35 October, but sent them to the forensic scientist laboratory on November 11th. Therefore, the court dismissed the pieces of evidence. Oh, I guess it took too long. I'm not. I don't know. Not sure. Citing a 1997 Supreme Court judgment, which had ruled that the accused is entitled to acquittal if the fingerprints are kept in the police station for more than five days. The judge also questions why the police had not taken any DNA or blood samples. He directed the police to adopt scientific methods instead of relying on archaic methods um, of, of investigation. I don't know. I don't know. What was what was the stuff used before fingerprints and DNA? Just... Witnesses, good old fashioned Witness. gumption, man. And I guess, just, I guess what that's that's what they were doing before. You would you you would use your third eye and your uh, intuition the feeling and all that yeah, shit, yeah, all that kind yeah. of shit. Man. Yeah, so I guess they was using those methods instead of going. Let's get fingerprints and let's get DNA. Yeah, or blood samples. Mm-hmm. Um, so in February 2010, the Punjab government moved the Supreme Court, calling the high court's decision a wally, <laughs> calling calling it a complete mistake. A complete fuck up. Oh. Yeah. What was that word that you got? <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna Wally uh erroneous. Wildly erroneous? Wally. Wally? <laughs> w H O L L Y Erroneous. Holy. That's how you spell holy? W H O L L Y? Is w- it two ways to spell holy? Well I was today years old. Whole W H O L E. And then if you want to make it Religious. No. Whole, like whole, like the whole thing. Man. I know whole. I know whole. Yeah, I yeah, know whole. whole. Yeah. So it's holy. Like you're you're holy. Like the whole. It's just a, like a fancy way to say the whole thing is erroneous. But you don't spell whole with the W. Yeah, you do. I'm thinking of a hole in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the. You don't no, spell like the a whole way. piece of pizza. A whole a whole pizza. That's what I was thinking. No, man, whole. we was on two hours of pages on that one because I was thinking of a hole in the ground. I'm like, what? Man, man, we should have we should have stayed in college, man. <laughs> I'm no, thinking the whole thing, like a whole. I thought, I thought what I thought you was doing. I thought you was using different kinds of whole, just different words. I didn't know you was like you was focused on holy. I thought you were saying like it's holy. Well, you said Wally. I thought that's what it was. I'm sure you did. It's not. You said erroneous, right? Yeah. It's, there's two different words. Yeah. Erroneous. Yeah. Holy erroneous. The whole thing is erroneous. That's how you spell whole. I didn't know that. That's how you man. spell that whole. I mean, there's different. This is like the two and two argument. I mean, there's T O O, there's T O, there's mm-hmm. T W O. It's a lot of ways to spell whole. But holy? But this, in this situation, they mean the whole thing 
is erroneous. Maybe because I don't use that. Maybe because I haven't heard anybody use that word. Whole? Holy. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. It's a fancy fancy. Yeah, man. I, I was nah, today that's cool, old. man. You know, we got these lessons going on, man. That's cool. I don't have a sound effect for that. Holy. <laughs> it, was just a, it was just a weird little uh, grammar. W-H-O-L-L-Y. It was a little grammar lesson we had. We'll do like a, you know. Fran, just learn something. Yeah, man. Yeah, whole, holy. The whole that's thing. That's new to me. Whatever. Um, On December 10th, 2010, Judge Saduk acquitted him in the Tasman rape and murder cases. One of the kids he... Um, raped and murdered uh-huh. because of insufficient evidence. So he wow. got off on that one. The Borsing was also convicted of kidnapping and causing life-threatening injury to Nishu. Nishu could speak. Nishu could not speak. I think this is one of the sisters of that got away. The two that got away, um, I think. But Nishu could not speak because of her throat Her throat injury. Mm. But she used expressions to identify um, the Borsing as her kidnapper and attacker. Pointed at his ass right there in the courtroom. Yeah. Um, a neighbor of Nishu also testified that she had seen Debor Singh standing with his bicycle in the area where the children were play- were playing. Another man, Sham, testified that he had seen Debor Singh taking a young girl on the carry of his bicycle, um, in their village, and Singh appealed against the conviction in the high in the high court, but his appeal was rejected. Um, in 2010, Singh felt ill and was removed from the prison to the government. To a government hospital on on June second. There he died on June sixth. His family refused to claim his body, wow. calling his crimes unpardonable. Yeah, yeah. Your ex. What does unpardonable be? I'm joking. I know what unpardonable is. <laughs> <laughs> I know what unpardonable. <laughs> they were excommunicated, my man, from the family. Yeah. Well, you gotta really not like somebody to be like, nah, put him in a box and bury him in back at the hospital. If he killed a whole bunch of kids. I'm just, I understand that. I'm oh. just saying that that's how, I mean, I'm sure there's less extreme versions of people doing the same thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's a, re- that's a good reason to be like, no, nah, we're not burying, fuck him. Yeah. Bur- uh, uh, cremate him. Yeah. Throw Can him you in change the- his name? Can you change his name to something else? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we want to be connected to. In, in any way. Yeah. So that was the Boris scene. That was in, um, that was in India. Uh, the holy story was crazy. Is that how you use the word? Yeah. Or- <laughs> 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 no, it's not. <laughs> the story was the story was wholly inconceivable. Okay, you gotta do you gotta go fancy fancy on the whole thing. You the, the holy yeah that's yo, not the, yo, the holy yo the holy burger was de- that was delicious. The man. holy burger that's the, not, that's the not how you thing. use it. That's not how you use it. That's the, not how you what. Use it. But that's you can use it that way. I mean, if you want to sound like a dumbass, <laughs> I guess you can. I guess you can say people be like, "What'd you say?" It, the holy it, burger, it, yeah, it the was holy delicious. burger. It was delicious. Um, no, it, that, yeah, yeah, man. You know what? Words are words, and they're all made up. You can use them how you want to use them, man. Yeah, the holy. Is, I think words are stupid, but you know, whatever. Yeah, they get us by. I think it's hard just to get by, man. Yeah, holy. You know? I don't like that word. I think they should just cancel it. Yeah, I don't like that. Cancel that word. Yeah, holy, nah. Yeah, man. Well, we gonna you know. I didn't know what spell like that. That's well, weird to me. This this podcast as a you know as a holy. We'll continue. Uh, thank you for that story. But that's not how you use it. I'm just trying to help you out, man. I mean, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want from me, man. We just canceling the word. I don't use the word, so yeah. that's no problem. Who uses that word? Lawyers. Oh, I don't have any lawyers. Lawyers and fancy so. fancies. People who want to say, go the long way to say a, a sentence instead of just saying it quick. Yeah. 
That, you know, you, you can say, man, like, I'm hungry. But you could also say, like, oh, man, I am quite famished and parched and I would love to uh, Im- imbibe myself with some delicacies. Or you could just say, like, man, I'm hungry. That's yeah. all that is. When you, you use holy, you're, you're going a long way. You're going to scenic route. When people start talking like that. You're going to scenic route. You know the, you know the meme of um, T.I.? Uh, LeBron James. Oh, LeBron James. Oh, when it's like... Uh, Tim Buck two. I no, got you. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. I just get up. I grab my bag and my glasses. Oh, yeah. I'm out of here. I don't need to be in this environment. The way you're talking. So, oh know. man, huzzah! The skies opened up and the water poured down from the, from the heavens and hit the ground and the water rose yeah. and it was like Noah's. All right, man. You have SpongeBob, a good. I'm out. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right, and we are back. Fran, are you prepared to receive my affirmative murder this week? Holy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so I found the headline of this story about this guy named Augustine Pena on a Facebook uh, true crime group. Mm-hmm. And I went to do research on it, and there wasn't much information. I had to piece together the story uh, from a couple different like news articles and things like that. Uh, and there's actually an interesting conversation to be had at the end as well. Mm-hmm. So just kind of, you know, follow along with the story. The story's laid out. I got it. I got it all laid out. But there's also a conversation to be had mm-hmm. about why this story is being talked about in 2020. Mm-hmm. So here we go. <clears throat> On July 11th, 1990, 15-year-old runaway Stephanie Dubay was slain by Augustine Pena and Jamie Rodriguez in the basement of a home in Warren a Detroit suburb. Pena lived with minimal parental direction. He dealt with impulse control, immaturity, and narcissism, and also suffered from socialization issues. Pena was very much influenced by his older cousin, Jamie, and they were living together at the time of the murder. A psychologist would later describe Jamie Rodriguez as the most psychotic defendant he ever evaluated in uh, in his role as a forensic psychologist. The Pena Rodriguez home was known as a sort of haven for troubled teens. Stephanie Dubay had run away from her home and was living with the duo while on the run. Until the unfortunate night the 15-year-old girl was stabbed 10 times, Mm. her right index finger was cut off, and her tongue and spleen were removed. Her head was carefully detached, skinned, and put into a freezer. Damn. Rodriguez had been involved in Satanism for about six years at this point. But according to him, Dubay was slain on a whim, not as a ritual. Mm -hmm. He says that him and his cousin were sitting at a table one morning when, uh, when Augustine looked at him and said, Hey, let's kill Steph, which, and which he responded, you serious? And Augustine said, yeah, which, uh, Rodriguez didn't mind because he didn't like Stephanie. So okay. he was, so he was, he was killed? all, he was on board. What, like it didn't sound as crazy. To kill somebody, so they like kick her out or something like that? Yeah. A logical person would say like, Hey, get out of here. Yeah. But I guess, I don't know. I don't want to slander Satanists, but I don't know. Uh, that was his logic. He's like, Oh yep, Let's kill her. Um, Rodriguez said his cousin went to the basement and placed newspapers on the floor in case there was a mess. Newspapers. My aunt, uh, sidetrack, she was a terrible dog owner. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, you don't, you know how you look back on stuff and you go, that was a shitty situation. Yeah. 
Newspapers for dogs and pee on it. Yeah, you're like that. Yeah, my cousin was a hoarder. Mm-hmm. Um, she just did never walked her dog, let her dog out or anything like that. And her the back of her basement just fifty thousand newspapers scattered on the floor. Ugh. Pee on the newspapers, poop on the newspapers, and I don't know if it, I don't think she ever ch- changed them out as much as she just put more newspaper on, on top, top of the old Ugh. newspaper. Like I think she would pick up the shit ones, but the pee ones is like. I'm not touching a pee newspaper. I'll just put another newspaper on top of it and then it soaks it and then you put more down until the soak doesn't come through the top newspaper like That's Bounty nice. Quicker Picker. Like a Bounty Quicker Picker Upper. So she would just do that with the pee newspaper. Yeah. So I'm sure like if you, when you go to dig, you can see like Ugh. news articles that have peed, like the pee made them stain to the floor probably, yeah. you know. It's all seeping into the cement. Yeah, you know, so, but I mean, newspapers have multifunctions is my point. Um... So he put newspapers down in case there was a mess. And he said his cousin went upstairs. So he's talking about um, uh, 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 Augustine. He said his cousin, this is all from, this is all from, and I think it's Jaime. This is all from Jaime. Mm-hmm. He said, he says that Augustine went upstairs, grabbed Stephanie, um, and told her to come downstairs. Where, where he held her by, her, he held her by the neck while Rodriguez Stabbed her. Mm. Rodriguez said he neither he nor his cousin verbally suggested dismemberment. He was quoted as saying, we just read each other's minds and went for it. Okay. I wanted a, he said, I wanted a finger for a charm to wear around my neck. It has something to do with my beliefs, but not really. It's something else really that I don't want to get. I don't want to talk about. Mm. So he's very private about, you know, his, his religion and what he does with the fingers he takes off of people. The index finger. Yeah. Oh, well, so I was, don't know specifically. Oh. I don't know. I don't know if it no. it was a finger. But it had some meaning to him that he didn't want to get into with this reporter. <laughs> okay. Like, that's my personal business. You know, everybody has a line and yeah. that's a little private. I prefer to keep that to myself. Fuck you, man. Uh the skinned and hairless head was discovered in a freezer in Rodriguez's house by a female friend of by a female friend of his named Valerie Rapson. He apparently had bragged to her about the killing. And when the shocked woman found the head, she called another woman named Kimberly Hickson. And they fled the house with the head in a plastic bag while, while Rodriguez was in another room. Mm. They took the head to the police station. And once they dis- once they showed this head frantically to the police, the police decided to raid the home where they found other trash bags in the backyard containing body parts that were buried in in the backyard of the home. Mm. Both young men were arrested, charged with murder and mutilation of a corpse. And even though Pena was just 15 years old and a juvenile. Damn. Is that young? Yeah, he's 15. He was, um, Augustine was 15 and uh, Jaime was 22. Okay. So it's that thing where that age gap is enough where you're like, Jaime, he's like an adult, man. He's the coolest. It's that yeah. relationship. Uh, uh, August, Who came up with the idea? August, right? August, according to Jaime. Okay. A lot of why Augustine is even in prison is because of the stuff I just read you. Mm. It was, you know, Jaime kind of putting a lot of what happened on on him. Mm. And it, so it's, it's the testimony of a person who was also involved in the murder. Yeah. Which is shady. Because you're going to try to make it 50-50. Mm. You know? Uh, so like I said, he was 15 years old and a juvenile, uh, and because, but because of the seriousness of the crime, Pena was tried as an adult. 
This decision was in part based on a recommendation by psychologist Dr. Michael Abram Abramaski. Mm -hmm. He recommended that Pena be sentenced as an adult, but hoped that one day he would be eligible for parole. Abramaski said Pena was heavily influenced by his cousin Jaime Rodriguez. He convicted he was convicted on first degree murder charges and sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole. Jaime Rodriguez was found guilty of the same charges and given the same sentence not long after. Good. But now that's changed. Mm. Nearly 30 years after this gruesome crime, in 2012, the Supreme Court ruled that juveniles sentenced to life in prison should have their sentences reviewed, calling it a cruel and unusual punishment, and noting that their brains are not capable of fully appreciating the consequences of even brutal actions. Pena, who is now 45 years old, has had his case reviewed and has had and has been resentenced to 35 to 60 years in prison. And with this and with disciplinary credits, he is likely to be immediately eligible to gain release from the state parole board. Mm. So he's not he's eligible to, for parole. Yeah. Doc, Still in it for a while, though. No, he is eligible. He's been in prison for nearly 30 years with good years. He's been like a model. I'll get to everything. But, but that don't mean you can get out though, right? No, you have to go before the parole board and, get, and plead your case and they look at your record and all that kind of stuff. That's what I'm saying. That don't mean you, just because you're eligible for parole, don't mean you're going to get out. No, yeah. no. Yes, that's true. Okay. I thought you were saying like he still has more time before he's eligible. Mm. For, I was saying, no, he's eligible for parole right now. But he, I'm just saying on top of that. Yeah, they could, they could deny years. it. They could yeah, deny yeah. it. And then he has to come. I think it's like you can go before the parole board every six months, every year or something like that. But he still have additional 30, 60 years in jail. Well, that was that what he already because you said that he they reviewed it, uh huh, and, and they changed it from life without a possibility to parole of parole to thirty five oh, to okay, sixty gotcha. years. Okay, but he's right. already served thirty years. Okay, gotcha. So he's eligible for parole right gotcha. now. Okay, I thought you were saying. But that if he, he isn't paroled, then he will have to still serve thirty five to sixty years, yeah. anywhere in between. Uh, Doctor Abramaski believes Augustine has matured since his teen years, citing his good record in prison. He went on to say. I understand the crime he committed was a terrible crime, but it's important to recognize at his age and experience, he's not going to become a criminal. This is according to the psychologist. And I don't know. He said that. So he's saying that with a little too much confidence for me. He has the brain of an adult. Now he had the brain of a 15 year old. Then his brain has matured. Now I want to say again, I think you can see where the conversation I'm saying is going. Mm -hmm. But before we fin finish up and we and we have that conversation, I had a 15 year old brain at a point. Yeah. You had a 15 year old brain at a point. Mm -hmm. I've never de decapitated anyone, murdered anyone, mm -hmm. shot anyone, any of these things. So I think I understand what he's saying about he was 15, but now he's 45. There's, those are different brains. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. okay, sure. I was a little impulsive as a teenager. Never cut anybody's head off. So I just wanted, I just wanted to put that out there. Okay. Have you? What? Want to cut my head off? Did it. Did it? No. Wanted to? Maybe. Okay. There's a difference. Okay. Uh, uh, he also said his behavior, his behavior has changed. Richard Stapleton, a retired official with the Michigan Department of Corrections, testified at a hearing last November in 2019 mm -hmm. that Pena has one of the best records of any life without parole inmate. And I don't okay. know how much of a like what is that comparatively what is that yeah compared like there are probably people in there smearing shit on the walls 
people who are, have life in prison. So they're like, I don't give a fuck. So I'll stab anybody. And he reads books. So it's like, he's the best. Yeah. But look at your competition. I don't know. He's the best because he's not, he's not, um, giving the staff a hard time or something or. Yes. Okay. Other things I'll get into. I'm not going to, okay. he, he's, he's done some commendable things. Uh, Pena has taught spiritual guidance and education to fellow inmates for 17 years. He's mentored young inmates the past several years and the past three years taught a class called chance for life. He works in prison as a transcriber for the Michigan Braille transcribing fund and would be able to continue working for the organization afterward. He said he hopes to continue that and teach it outside of prison. So he learned how to read Braille Mm -hmm. and he transcribes Braille for like a company in prison. What is Braille like for blind people? Yeah. Okay. Um, Abramansky conceded under cross-examination by assistant Maycomb prosecutor William Cataldo that he cannot issue a guarantee that Pena would not commit a crime again. He said, I wish I could say for sure, but I would be irresponsible. But I would be irresponsible if, if I said for sure, basically is what he's saying. But he added, Pena's chance to be a good citizen outside of prison is as strong as anybody's could get. Mm. Now, the conversation that I wanted to have is where do you fall on the idea that somebody commits a crime? Now, obviously, there's a spectrum of crimes, but somebody commits a gruesome murder at 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and they should not be given life in prison because their brain is one way now and it, it won't be that way you know, in 10 years, 15 years. So you should come back to the table in 15 years and reevaluate them. How do you, what do you think? Um, do I think they should be reevaluated? Do you think they should, they shouldn't be given life in prison and just given as a minor, as a minor and Um, should be given like 20 years. And then you come and see how they're doing in that 20. And if they have the possibility to be let back out because they're a different person now. No, no, Now, I I think it depends, right? I think that if you are 15 years old and you rob a liquor store mm. and not kill, you rob a liquor store, I don't think that a, a 15-year-old kid should be given a 20-year sentence for something like that. I think that that's a harsh penalty. Mm. Um, but if that kid also is a career criminal by 15, I don't know, right? Mm. So that's how I feel about that. Like, I, I feel like taking a kid's youth away from him and for robbery him, for robbery. It, that's different when you murder somebody. I know, but oh. that's, what that's what I'm saying. It's levels. I oh. think that there are situations and I'm going to give you a myriad of situations. Myriad is like holy. I'm going to give you a myriad mm-hmm. of situations right now mm-hmm. where, you know, you might go, oh, yeah, no, you can't do that. Now, you wouldn't get life in prison for a robbery, obviously. Yeah. But I'm just saying like football numbers giving football numbers to a 14, 15, 13 year old kid is crazy. 25 years for something where nobody died and all this kind of stuff. Now, uh, I did a story on this podcast about a kid named Lionel Tate. He was, I believe he was 10 years old and, uh, he had a little six year old girl over at his house and he killed her cause he was wrestling. Mm-hmm. He wrestled her to death. I mean, he's flipped suplexing her all over the basement. The mom's upstairs. She's not coming down didn't hear anything and he he brutalized this girl until she died he was at the time in 1999 he was the youngest kid in modern history to be given the life sentence mm-hmm. they reevaluated his sentence in 2004 
He was released on 10 years probation. In 2006, he robbed a pizza man with a gun. Mm -hmm. Nobody died, but he was arrested. He got caught and he had a firearm on him. And because he was on probation, they put him in jail for 30 years. Yeah. Now he didn't get out of prison and wrestle another woman to death. Yeah. So it's not like he did the same MO. Yeah. Right. That was just somebody hard on their, you know, luck. They've been through this traumatic situation and now they got to, they got to go back to the environment they came from low income poverty. And now he's a robber. That's what he does. He's a street, he's a street guy. He robs people and he got caught up and now he got, he got put back in prison for 30 years. Now that's not comparable to what he did. So it doesn't, it's, that's just a coincidence. Right. Mm -hmm. But here's another situation. I don't know if you remember the story of Joshua Phillips, right? He was this kid. He was, he was, um, he was 14 years old and he had a neighbor girl who was eight. She came over to his house and she wanted to play baseball. Right. He wasn't supposed to go outside when his parents weren't home, but he did anyway. She was, you know, come on, let's go. They went out back and they were playing baseball, throwing the ball back and forth. He throws the ball at her. It hits her in her eye. Mm. She's bleeding, crying and all this kind of stuff. He freaks out. Cause he's like, my dad's going to be home soon. And my dad is going to whoop my ass if I have one, this girl's all bleeding and hurt. Mm -hmm. I hurt a kid and I'm not supposed to be outside. Yeah. So he takes her in the house, takes her upstairs to his bedroom, strangles her with a telephone cord, puts her under his bed. Mm. They do a search party. You know, everybody's freaking out. Where's this little girl? He joins in on the search party and all this kind of stuff. Mm. Eventually his mom comes into his bedroom. The room smells terrible. There's something leaking out from under the bed. Oh my God, my son's a murderer. Yeah. That guy is now 30 something years old. Do I think that his situation should be reviewed and those things should be considered that he was 14 and maybe his dad beats him. So he freaked out and he didn't want to get in trouble for doing this. So he just did whatever. Yeah, maybe I think he should have an opportunity to go before a parole board. And if he's had good behavior and all this kind of stuff, I don't know, possibly mm -hmm. his family would, the, the girl's family would absolutely disagree and thinks he should be in prison for the rest of his life, obviously. Mm -hmm. But if he's a completely different person than that 14 year old boy, and he is, you know, repentant and learned his lesson and is just a not even the same person anymore. Do you don't do you think he deserves a shot at at least a shot at getting out, leaving it up to the parole board? That and, person? Yeah. Yeah. In this situation. Yeah, in that situation, yeah. Now, here's where I am on the fence. Two words. Edmund Kemper. Edmund Kemper is one of the most notorious serial killers ever. He killed both his grandparents when he was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't know, man, I just wanted to do it. For some reason that I don't have in front of me right now, they let him out when he was 22. Now, this is the, like the 70s, right? So it was, this Supreme Court ruling that I told you about in the, in the Augustine Pena case mm -hmm. hadn't existed yet. It wasn't illegal to give a, a minor life in prison. Mm -hmm. I think they just were like, he's a good kid. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's a little... He was a little off when he was 15, but he's 22 years old now, and he is fine. That was a slip-up. Yeah. So let's let him out. They let him out. This dude goes on to become the most notorious, one of the most notorious serial killers. He's killing co-eds, chopping heads off, burying them outside of the window of his house. And did he get out? Yeah. Okay. So that is a case where I'm like, the signs were there. Mm -hmm. He killed both his grandparents and said it's just because he wanted to do it. Yeah. And they let him out. So who takes the blame for that? The local, I mean, the 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 the, the criminal justice system in. But that's what state. I mean, though. A kid does that and goes, 
I just did it because it has no legitimate reason why they did it. He just did yeah. it. Just like uh, Pena, he just, let's go, let's kill this person. Uh-huh. And they go and do it. But what if he, because I, I, I told you a lot of Jaime Rodriguez's things of like, he said this, we were eating food or whatever. What if, what if, what if Augustine said that to Jaime because he knows he doesn't like Stephanie and he wants to impress Jaime because he's his big cousin and he's a, his cousin's a Satanist and all this kind of stuff. And I want his approval because I don't have a dad. My mom's barely here. And this is my guardian, basically. And I, I want to impress him. I'm 15. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're talking about a 45 year old person, it's like that's I'm miles away from that now. Yeah. You know, I was just trying to make I was just trying to impress him and do the stuff that he does. And he's always talking about Satan and fucking killing people and all this kind of stuff. So I thought that's what we do. And it, I was I went too far. You know, mm-hmm. so my whole thing is, I don't know if Augustine Pena is a situation where I'm like, oh, it was an accident. You know, he, he's he's just a kid. You know, there's stories of kids who, you know, uh, two 12 year old kids, they go into one of the kids goes into his dad's gun safe. They're playing around with the gun. You accidentally shoot your kid. I don't think that kid should do life. That's in prison. different. But that's just like with the kid that just strangled the little girl. Yeah. He did that out of fear of his parents. Right. But it was intentional and he did it on per- He took her in the house. Oh my God, she's bleeding. Let me get her somewhere where they can't see that she's bleeding. And I'm going to strangle her to silence her. Out of fear of his parents. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm scared of my dad, but I ain't that scared of my dad. For sure. But, but he did but that you, out but of you, are you saying like, Are you saying like, you get it? I get I get why he did it because he was scared of his dad. His right. dad's going to come and whoop. You're a child, you're scared of your parents. Absolutely. So it's like, that and... Not saying you're comparing it to the, the the Pena guy, but he was just like, "Oh, let's kill this person." Yeah, 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 yeah. And that guy Edmund Kempter was just like, "Oh, I just want, I just felt like it." Like, I, I think I, that's different. I, well, if you, I am, if I am a, comparing and contrasting, so okay. I want. I just think there's a there's I think situation. It's, it's, it's situation. Yeah, it's different. It's, it's 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 totally different when you go. I was scared to get my ass whipped by my by my dad who told me not to do this, and I went and did it anyway. And yeah. now this has happened. Now I gotta hide. Whatever I did wrong, yes. So my parents won't come and be mad at me. And whatever circum, whatever I have to do, yeah. Then they just be home, maybe like, oh, I, just, I feel like killing somebody. Yes. I feel like fifteen. Yeah, you're young, but you still know right. You should know a little bit right from wrong. At least, especially murder. killing somebody. Yeah, murder is. Yeah. You watch TV. I yeah. mean, I don't know the years or whatever, yeah. but I mean, when we were like, it's, it's such a we. These arguments with they hit so close to me because I mean they hit close to everybody because like I was fifteen once, I was yeah. seventeen once. The most, the most like. In in trouble thing I did and not even I didn't even get in trouble really but the most scared I've ever been where I was like I know I did something wrong was when we went to Pittsburgh to go see the rapper Swayze yeah I took a 1995 Nissan Maxima I didn't know yeah. anything about changing oil or anything like that and I went on we went on the road on like a five hour drive mm-hmm. to Pittsburgh Pennsylvania to see this rapper named Swayze legendary yeah. first album and my mom calls me. And the story was, I'm sleeping at your house. Yeah. Now, I don't know who, my, I don't. I think it was my dad or something called, and I might have told my dad we're doing this or something. Yeah. And they communicated, which is super uncommon and weird. <laughs> so she called me and goes, hey, where are you? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm at Fran's house. What do you mean? Where are you? Yeah. Oh, I'm in Pittsburgh, which is very far from your house. Yeah. It's, very, it's not like I just was like... uh we're in uh, another county somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's like we're in another state, right? And I was terrified on that phone call. 
I wasn't going to kill you and put you in the trunk. And, you know, <laughs> I, I got I to fix all this, you know? Yeah. So I just can't imagine some of these things. But as an adult, I'm sitting here. I'm trying to empathize. I understand that this law changed. I understand putting a kid in a cage at 15 with a bunch of grown men is going to traumatize them and fuck them up. And they're never going to be right again. But there's some things that if you kill both your grandparents with a gun, I don't know if that we can go with the brain and it's yeah, not cooked no, yet no. and all that. You know, it's some stuff that, yeah, maybe that kid should be in jail yeah. for the rest of his life. Then if they come out and, do it and continue doing it, then like, that's what I mean. Like, that's, and that's why I ask who's yeah. going to take the blame for this that. This is a sign. Some cases you're like, this is a sign. Yeah. If, 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 again, the examples I'm giving, you know, this kid, Lionel Tate, wrestles this little girl to death, right? A little, a stupid thing. You're 12. You don't realize. Yeah. You're like, she's easy to pick up. I can, yeah. I can do the, the move where you like make them all vertical, put them over your head, and their legs are straight up and go straight back. Yeah, I can do all the wrestling moves, and then you just do that too much, and they die. Yeah, and that's different too. That's an accident. Yeah, right. You see it on TV, blood and shit, and hit people in chairs and all kinds of shit. He was influenced by yeah. the wrestling. He exactly. did the wrestling at home. Yeah, I don't think this kid should be in jail for the rest of his life. But they let him out. He committed another crime. He was on probation. You can't just let people out scot-free, right? Yeah. So if you let these people out, you got to let them out on some kind of probation. Now, if they commit a crime that's outside of what they were in jail for initially, like let's say they let uh, Augustine Pena out mm -hmm. and he, you know, uh, gets a DUI. Yeah. Should he just it all just became he go you now you're back in jail for sixty years no you know not, what I mean that's like not I the same thing I, that's what I'm saying but they gave this kid Lionel Tate thirty years for robbing robbed. a robbed pizza man yeah I guess a DUI isn't as bad as robbing a pizza man yeah. you shouldn't ha you can't have a gun but I'm just saying it's just it's it's more complicated than well he was a juvenile when he did it and now he's thirty so he's not the same person anymore so let him out yeah I think it's more complicated than that I don't really know where I fall on it I think I'm gonna leave it at it's situational yeah. Because if you murder somebody with intent and malice, that's a bad, that's a weird sign. I don't know if that's just a 15 year old brain. You know, I've been mad at kids. I've, been, I've wanted to fight kids and all this kind of stuff, but I've never came up with a plan. Like the Columbine kids, mm -hmm. <laughs> they plan that. I don't know if you go, well, you know, kids will be kids. They're 15. It's just, you know. That the once the brain's done cooking, they'll regret that. That they don't even know what they're doing. It's yeah, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. If, I don't know <laughs> if that you can just say that. And some people are so psychologically damaged, have been through so much in their life at a, an early age, yeah. that sometimes they're gone at early ages. Early, yeah. So and, and it's, there, there's no fixing that. So they're just a 15 year old sociopath. Yeah, and robbing a pizza man. I think that's just that's a crime of desperation. Know, yeah, you need to know the context around why he did that. He could have been like st poor. He yeah, been poor. Been starving. Money, he starving. Might have, yeah, he might have stole the pizza. Yeah, you know we don't know. Yeah. So that's situ again. It's situational. I don't yeah, know, man. I agree. But that was the story of Augustine Pena, man, um, and Jaime Rodriguez, who I believe influenced Augustine Pena. But he still was involved in this. He knew there was a head in the freezer. He went and got the girl, according to Jaime Rodriguez. He brought. He laid newspaper down for a mess. That's premeditated. Mm -hmm. You know. All of this is premeditated. Hey, let, let's kill her. Premeditated. I'm going to lay newspaper down because we're going to bring her down here and kill her. So there's going to be blood. I mean, they knew everything he was doing. Yes. So I don't know. That's a tough one. But he is eligible for parole. He's still in prison. But I think he'll go before a parole board and be denied. Yeah. But he has a very good record. And he's been a model citizen since, you know, that terrible night in 1990. And, you know, I don't know.
I don't know if he's one of the ones that I I would say he was 15 and his brain isn't done cooking. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm I'd, not one of those. I'd, I'd love to hear people start. So you don't you, you you think this one is not a case where an accident kid? No, no, no. I think you stay in there. Okay. I'd love to hear people's thoughts. Um, that was my affirmative murder this week. What we're gonna do is we're gonna jump into these good vibes, man. That's right, folks. It's time for a little bit of good vibes in your life. So I'm going to kick things off. Fran, are you ready to have your endorphins shoot through the roof? Yeah. We have hope, Fran. We have finally seen what it's like when a country rallies together, gets the curve under control, and life goes back to normal. The UK has put on their first concert. It's a socially distant concert. And honestly, I don't ever want a concert any other way but this in the future quarantine or not they've put together a 2500 person festival with 500 platforms all six feet apart so it's almost like everybody has their own little vip section okay right so the article says fans in the united kingdom's first socially distant venue got their own stage to watch the stage according to variety about 2500 fans gathered on 500 separate raised metal platforms at a pop-up venue in newcastle up in england on Tuesday night to watch a concert by British singer-songwriter Sam Fender. Don't know who that is, but good on you. Uh, the offer that, uh, that offered a possible glimpse into the future of live music during events, uh, live music events during the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, each elevated platform at the pop-up amphitheater at Newcastle, um, at Tynes Gosforth Park, dubbed Virgin Money Uni- Unity Arena was limited to a maximum of five people. The platforms were also separated by six feet to observe the recommended social distance measure. So you bring your five friends and you know everybody's healthy or you assume everybody's healthy mm-hmm. and y'all are separated from everybody else and y'all are just partying and vibing to the music together. Yeah. Uh, fans were asked to not mix with other fans outside their group. And photos from the event showed people staying within their small gatherings on each platform with plenty of distance between them. Concert goers also wore masks while walking around the venue or getting food and drinks or going to the bathroom and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So they put together this amazing concert, right? And everybody followed the rules. You got to see live music. You got to be outside. You got to eat food. You got to drink beers and all this kind of stuff. And it went off without a hitch. And I honestly love it for some venues. I don't think the gathering of the Juggalos is going to go this way, right? They're going to do... Bagel showers, they're going to be on each other's backs, piggybacking. They're going to yeah. be doing gravity bongs and, and, and shotgunning blunts into each other's. That's just what they do. Yeah. So d- it depends on the function and the vibe of the music. But I like how this looks. You bring your crew of people and you guys just got your own little section of vibe out, dance and, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I hate being in pits. I love going to festivals, but I love going to festivals because I love music and I like being outside and I like the interesting food and the culture. Yeah. But I hate being shoulder to shoulder with people. And now I have it's to hot. pee. Yeah. It's hot. It's summertime and I have to pee now. And some people at those festivals will dig trenches and pee right there where they're standing. Really? Yeah. Have you seen it? Yes. Wow. It's Yeah. People are like, no, I need to see Mumford and Sons and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Childish Gambino is going to be playing in the next 45 minutes. You'll lose your spot, though, right, if you leave? Exactly. And if you get close up to the fucking guardrails, I'm, I'm not moving. You can take a shit. Dig a trench. You dig a hole and shit. Yeah. 
Tell mm. people, hey man, don't don't stand in my spot because you might fall in this shit pit. Yeah, that's gross. But you know, I like how this looks, and I think it's a bright sign for if America can get their shit together and we can get on board with these putting the mask on and, and socially dense dis- distancing and, 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 and curving the spread, then we could get back to doing some normal stuff. And it's cool to see a country. It's like, hey, we had a concert. Yeah. So it, it gave me hope because I love live music. It's one of my favorite things to go do. And I would like to be able to do it again someday. Yeah. So it gave me hope. That's good, man. Can I ask you a question about that shirt? Why is that like an old shirt or something? No, it's vintage. What's your, oh, what's your question? Why is it so big? Because that's what's in. You don't know <laughs> anything about what Kanye West is doing in Iowa. No, I don't. You don't even know the wave, no. bro. You don't know anything. It's like a it's like a baseball shirt on you. Like it's all past your elbows. Why are you, you? You know what, man? I'm just asking, man. You don't. You don't need to. Don't question my wardrobe. All right, I'm sorry. So anyway, uh, my good vibe this week is I was uh listened to the podcast. Um, it's called um, it's called your mom's house podcast. Love it. I love your mom's house. Yeah. So I listened to that, and they had a live show the other day. Okay. That I watched. And they had some, one of their listeners got the dude Ted Williams to read uh, like some of the lines that they say in the show. Yes, and he looked at he looked at good, dressed up. And uh-huh. I think last time you spoke about this guy, you said that he was like back on the street or something, right? Is this the voice guy? Yeah, Ted Wood. Yeah, uh, the, the yeah it's been a while. Voice. I didn't know who. Yeah, yeah, the man with the golden voice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, well, I, yes. The reason that he didn't, the reason that the story died down, is because they gave him a bunch of money. Right. And he went and fucking smoked crack and stuff. And they were like, oh, we can't have him at the NBC building anymore. Yeah. So you went, you guys went too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found an article that was, I mean, it's kind of old. It was like October of last year. Is, I mean, his, is his voice still golden? It's, yeah, his voice still golden. Because the video because the video I saw on the on the podcast, it had to be recent. Yes. Um, He looked, he was dressed up. Uh, Looked, the hair was nice. Teeth was all nice. So it says, um, on this article that I found, um, it said the Good News Rescue Mission held their 11th annual Harvest of Hope banquet at the Civic Auditorium in Reading um, on Saturday. It was a chance for them it was a chance for them to share some of their greatest achievements of the year with the community, including state of mission address, testimonies from missions, guests, and new life new life recovery graduates and a keynote speaker. This year's speaker is Ted Williams, also known as the man with the golden voice. Yes. Williams overcame um, homelessness and addiction to become a TV and radio personality. Mm-hmm. Now he's become an inspiration to others in his shoes. It resonates. I've walked in their shoes. They've walked in mine. Empathy and compassion is what my story represents. Mm-hmm. So being here at the Good News Rescue Mission um, event is truly monumental, is what Williams said. Williams was discovered when a video of his incredible voice went viral while he was still living on the streets. Everybody knows yes. that. Um, so now Williams is working on a new reality show called Second Chance. Whoa. So this was um, October of last year. So okay. I don't know what the product. Well, the, yeah, yeah. Well, so. everything in production is halted. So I don't want to say yeah, yeah, yeah. if it fell through or anything like that. It might have just been on hold because of the coronavirus. Yeah. So Can't maybe really go in people's houses and be close to close, close face to face with people right now. Yeah. To film. Yeah. But um, it sounds like a cool idea though. Yeah. So I mean, like I don't know how long. Ago, that's what I'm saying. I don't know how long ago that story when you brought it up. Yeah. About him being back on the streets, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But. He seems like he's doing good now, and the video I saw, he's doing good. So yeah, I'm, I hope he's doing good because he has a future in TV or radio, or whatever yeah. it if, is. If movies still did the trailers with the voice, yeah, he that that's a job he could pick up right then and there. Yeah, but they've changed to just showing you the whole movie in the trailer, and then you don't need to go see it. Yeah. Um, so maybe they should go back to some, you know, some leaving a little bit to the imagination and having a guy tell you the sto- the plot line. Yep. 
Um, but shout out to Ted Williams, man. That's great. I, I think that dude's voice is one of one. So, you know, he if he can make money off of it, I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, man. Those are some. Those are some. Those are some of our good vibes, man. Um, what I want to say before we get out of here is I just want to thank everybody who listens to this show faithfully and all the affirminators out there. Um, uh, I was bullied by Esther Ludlow from Once Upon a Crime podcast about why we don't have a Patreon yet. Mm. We have some things in the works. I'm very excited about these things. Um, 2020 has been crazy and it's, it's sidetracked a lot of goals and plans that I have for the year, but I would like to re-implement those things. And I think that um, September, October, you guys can uh, look forward to some possible exclusive, exclusive content, us trying out some fun things, uh, us trying our hand at some different uh, versions of the podcast and bringing back some old stuff. And you can get all of these things on our Patreon TBD. I don't have a date. I don't have a super cool announcement. This is kind of the prelude to the announcement, but we do have a Patreon in the works. We're getting some things together. We're getting some content together. And I'm really excited to share it with you guys because um, I think it's going to be really entertaining and funny and, and and all of those things. And I'm super pumped, man. So uh, look forward to that. Um, thank you for supporting us, friend. You got anything you want to add? No. <laughs> 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 okay well I've been Alvin Williams joined as always by my I'm, partner it's Francis. 6 o'clock I mean, whatever Alvin time it is I'm hungry I need to eat <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get France some food and we'll see you guys next week Deuce. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park